You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Before the episode, we just wanted to drop in and say we have merch finally available. We're at tpublic.com. So if you'd like to check out all of our different merch that is continually being updated, you can go uh, to trivialitypodcast.com, click Merchandise, or go to tpublic.com and type in Triviality Podcast, or there's an even easier way, Ken. Google it. Google it. Yeah, that's right. And uh, we have our classic logo and some crazy stuff that Neil came up with featuring some uh, inside jokes from the show. So we hope you like the merch and uh, let us know your ideas as well. Yep. And thank you all for your support. And uh, we hope you enjoy our new merchandise. On to the show. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello, and welcome to Triviality, the game where it turns out that Neil's back tattoo was Rosebud the whole time. Rosebud. And now he's dead. No, welcome to the show. This is our holiday episode, so welcome everybody. Are you all experiencing some holiday cheer right now? Good tidings, cinnamon. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of nutmeg. Nutmeg, yeah. Smells of uh, of holidays. Smells of sugar plums dancing through your heads. Dreidels. Dreidels, yeah. Dreidels. Uh... All right, that's enough holiday stuff. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, Matt? Um, I'm doing great. Uh, just hung my stop stockings. I don't know what I'm doing. Wait, did you holidays. Did you hang your stopwatch? Yeah, hang, hang my stopwatch. <laughs> You're not supposed to hang your stopwatch by the chimney with care. That's the disgruntled uh, uh, youth basketball coach every holiday season hanging his stopwatch. <laughs> One day they'll Bobby, get in. Bobby under... Knight's coming down my chimney. <laughs> and you know he's not doing it with care, let's be honest. No. Speaking of sports. He's doing it with chair. Uh, yeah, exactly. Speaking of sports, I know why Matt is excited. Uh, I just read that the 2024 Olympics are including breakdancing. Oh, really? Yeah, well, they added uh, skateboarding, surfing, and then skateboarding, apparently. Or, I'm sorry, skateboarding, surfing, and breakdancing. I thought and, surfing and was already back, scheduled right? to be uh, added for this year, isn't it? Possibly. 2021. Yeah. Nice. All right, that'll be fun. Well, I don't know why we're so off topic, but uh, yeah, uh, we figured we would open our holiday gifts this year, and uh, your gifts are, are question fives, because we haven't had time to get to them. Uh, we want to have guest hosts as often as we can uh, make sure everybody gets that opportunity who wants it so unfortunately that means we haven't gotten to a lot of question five so we're gonna uh, stick our arms down deep into the stocking and pull these out and see what we have sorry that was so suggestive <laughs> of, a, of like a calf birth <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh, we're gonna birth these question fives um, and uh, we don't need the rules because we're throwing the rule book out the window today right yeah, everyone is on the nice list, so that means everyone gets a gift. Uh, and as Ken said, we we have a lot of gifts that we want to share. All right. Well, I guess I will try to s start this one off. All right. So here's the first question. This one's from Anne Gehring. Thank you very much for your submission, Anne. And uh, she writes, in light of the beautiful honesty and vulnerability that Dex, Dex Shepard recently shared on uh, day seven of Armchair Experts, uh, name one of the two founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Are they are they names that we would know, or are they just like you either know it or you I don't? I think if you I know somebody who's been to AA, you probably have heard mm -hmm. it, because um, I think I know one of them. All right. Jeff? Um, I, I've heard the name Bill Wilson floated for people I know who've been to AA. Okay. So. 
Yeah, that's more than I know. I just know it's been around a long time and helps a lot of people. So I'm going to have to tap on this one, unfortunately. All right. Well, Jeff gets uh, a candy cane. Uh, Bill <laughs> so Wilson good. is one of the two people. And wanted. the other is Dr. Bob Smith. Mm. So congrats. The most generic name possible. You probably yeah. could have guessed it. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, pretty much. But uh, good work, everybody who's going through the program. And, uh, you know, keep at it. We believe in you. All right. Next question. This is uh, a sports question. So uh, thanks for uh, thanks for the submission, Tim Gomez. You know I struggle with these. Following his rookie season, what outspoken wide receiver vented his frustrations in the 1997 autobiography? Just give me the damn ball. Oh, wow! I know this one. Oh, do you? It sounds like Matthew. It sounds like every receiver. I mean, that's in their their <laughs> DNA. They want mm-hmm. the ball. He was drafted number one overall by the Orlando Breakers in a season something of coach. Oh, really? Is with it? with uh, yeah. Craig T. Nelson? Yep. It was when he became a pro coach, he drafted this player. Oh, right. Matt, sounds like you're the only one who can pull this one. <laughs> yeah, I have This no is idea. a Matt uh, question right here. So It's uh, Keyshawn Johnson. Matt is correct. Uh, and uh, Tim Gomez writes, uh, in addition... Following a disappointing 1-15 and 15 season, which the Bears are uh, trying to meet this year, even though no. they've already exceeded it, Johnson skewered quarterback uh, Neil O'Donnell and fellow wide receiver Wade Sherbet. Is that right? Crebet. Uh, Crebet. Calling the former a stiff a puppet and the latter a team mascot. <laughs> I'm not the puppet. You're the puppet. <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think at one point he called him. He said that he was a spotlight and Wayne Corbett was a flashlight or something along those lines. He was he was not very happy with this other receiver. He was really into these metaphors, though. Yeah. All right. So the next question, this one comes from Stephen Gilman. Thank you for your submission. The signature on the only presidential letter of resignation in U.S. history is Richard Nixon's, whose initials are on it. This is a really cool presidential history question. I really like it. Uh, well, uh, to talk it out a little bit, I mean, um, Nixon's era. Who would he have tendered his resignation to? Exactly. Would he have immediately like tendered it to Ford, who was the vice president? Or, well, speaking of the West Wing, we were talking about it before recording. All I'm thinking of now is when uh, Bartlett uh, signs the 25th and hands it over to John Goodman, playing uh, Speaker of the House uh, Walken. Not Christopher Walken, but um, I know during Nixon, Nixon's, yeah, during Nixon's presidency, um, wasn't Kissinger a big um, uh, voice in the room? Like that was like his uh, his most powerful, I guess. I don't know. He did not become president, though. That is true. But one could tender their resignation to that person. I guess so. I, yeah. Does it matter who you give your resignation to, or I don't, I don't you know would, who you're you would supposed give to it give to, to someone of the opposite party? I would assume. Well, in this case, the Secretary of State seemed to have accepted the resignation, and that is Henry Kissinger. Nice. Oh, so you're on the right track. All right. So I'll give uh, I'll give you uh, orange in your stocking for Saint Nick's. All right, thank did, you. Did you get your orange this year? Uh, I got, no, I didn't get an orange. I got um, I got a Reese's uh, peanut butter cup. Okay, that's pretty yeah. good. That's the worst fruit. It's the best fruit. I don't like Reese's. Actually, in my uh, my St. Nick's sock, I got a uh, bag of Intelligentsia coffee. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Very nice. All Somebody right. who knows you. St. Nick, yeah. he's, in, he's uh, basically in my business all year. <laughs> what? That's why he's a saint. He's all right. A, yeah. You know who else is a saint? St. Patrick McGee. Ah. Patrick McGee. Thank you for your question. Thank you. He has a tribon for us. Not a movie tribon. Sorry, Neil. Okay. What word can be a military rank, a member of a 70s musical group, and an early home computer? So military. It's probably one of the village people, right? It's possible. I mean, I'm just thinking of military ranks just to keep it simple. you got private, lieutenant, colonel. Construction worker. Construction worker. <laughs> uh, oh, captain? Like Captain and Tennille? No. Oh, Captain and Tennille. Yeah. Is there a captain? You're missing the, the home computer. What oh. about, um, so we had, what, the Apple II? That's not anything. Yeah. Um. Uh. Okay. So. Uh. Let's see. Maybe. Maybe we should go old school because I mean, Captain, Lieutenant, Colonel, and all that stuff. Is there an older type of uh, military? Think about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates. Pir- Pirates of the Caribbean. Um. 
70s musical group. What was the name of that group that um, it was a, like a boy band? Uh, Lionel Richie was in it. So uh, I think this was the uh, the Commodore. That's it. That's it. Like it. Commodore 64 or there something like go, that. There you go, guys. Got it. The Commodore. Thank you again, uh, Patrick McGee, for that great question. Okay. So now we're going to move on to a question uh, from Scott Walker. Uh, the question is, Sagar, Obvara, and Raku are alternate alternative methods of finishing what craft? Sorry, I kind of butchered that one. Sagar, Obvara, and Raku are alternative methods of finishing what craft? Well, I, I do have a, a, a Raku in the living room, but I pronounce it Roku. <laughs> um, it's Japanese for six? Uh, Roku is six, yeah. Finishing what craft? Oh, finishing. Basket weaving? I don't know. How do you like finish a basket weaving? the last step weave? of the process, I guess. Um, finishing well, a crochet. What asking about... a, additional questions to me is in vain. <laughs> you have to address your questions to Scott Walker. Uh, <laughs> well, unfortunately, Scott is not with us right now. So. Is it some sort of art, maybe? A finishing process? Or like a, like a, a painting? Like a painting, or maybe like building a table? or like... You're on the right track. I think I know enough of. about building tables to what know if, about what... Raku. So to help Jeff with this question, maybe Neil can kind of stand behind him. <laughs> Oh. Uh we can have our own ghost moment is what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Pottery? That's right. There you go. Pottery. Ken was trying to throw us for a loop. All right. Uh so we're going to move on. This one's from Lucas McGraw and the category he's uh happy to tell us is video games. Mm. One that we uh all enjoy here. Yes. Um and the question is Juno star Elliot Page went into the video game industry when he portrayed Jody Holmes in what 2013 interactive story game released exclusively on PlayStation in 2013 I played the remaster last year I think Yeah Did you This one I did not love Yeah it it get, there was a part that I couldn't beat so I gave up it was really, really hard. <laughs> but I liked very much the game that the company released prior to this game. I'm not too certain. It sounds like Matt knows it. I, I The only storyline game I can think of was one my brother played called like Heavy Rain, but I don't know. If... So Heavy Rain is the one yeah. before this one. Oh, okay. So you're on the right track. So you'll, you'll know because your brother always says, do what you can, Jody, in Willem Dafoe's Oh. <laughs> so this is the game he's referring to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Jeff? I'm I'm not familiar with this one. I do know Heavy Rain, but okay, Matt, what what is it? This one's uh, The Last of Us, right? No, that character no, just looks like Elliot Page, but uh, the uh, game in question is Beyond Two Two Souls. Oh, oh Beyond oh, Two Souls, right? So I know The Last of Us actually is getting a lot of press now because Craig Mazin, who did Chernobyl, he's writing the uh, film adaptation of The uh, Last of Us. I'm actually looking forward to that one. A lot of these video game. Movies don't come out so great, but yeah, like Max Payne. For when I saw that in the theater with my brother, that, with um, that was rough. Mark wait, Wahlberg. Now I remember, remember yeah. Elliot Page like was gonna file a lawsuit saying that they were using his likeness for the game, right? Didn't something like that happen? Yeah, I think that might have happened or something like that because it was clearly modeled after that person. <laughs> yes, really? yes, yeah. um, interesting. All right, moving on to the next question here. This is from Scott Moffat. Uh, he gave us me a couple uh, sports questions here, so let me just uh, let's do this. Let's do this one because this is a sports question. I think non-sports people can get. According to legend, what Hall of Fame third baseman once drank seventy beers on a cross-country flight? There is an episode of It's Always Sunny that references this very thing, so I happen to know it. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Um, if Matt, do you know this one? Can you give me a hint? Maybe I can figure it out. I don't know this one. Jeff, can you give any hints? Um, it's a it's a very swampy last name. <laughs> oh god! Does he? Let me ask you this then. Does, Shrek. Does he have a huge mustache? He does have a huge mustache. Okay, I, I'm gonna go with Wade Boggs. Yes, it is Wade Boggs. Yes, you guys are right. Wade, Wade Boggs. Boggs looks like what a video game baseball player should look like. Um, mm. I guess evidently he drank seventy beers and then pitched the game. Like, didn't even bat an eye. No pun intended. It's amazing because he doesn't pitch. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, no, no, you're thinking of the New York Yankees pitcher that uh, was out all night with Jimmy Fallon. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And I can't remember his name that right now. David Wells. David Wells. David Wells, yeah. Okay, so here's here's my last submission. This one's from Peter Wen. 
Um, I'm going to flip it a little bit, so I'm not going to give it exactly as written. So he gave me a question about uh, Shawshank Redemption mm -hmm. and the author of the original source material, which we all know, Stephen King. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to change the question a little bit. What uh, famous person is in the original title of Stephen King's uh, story? I know this one. That goes blank and the Shawshank Redemption. I know this one because the movie references this person uh, in a very famous cinematic scene. So Does I will it? refrain. I don't know this one. I do love the Shawshank Redemption. Have you Redemption. seen the, the film? Yes, several times. It's a really good one. Okay, so one of my... what, uh, what celebrity is referenced in this movie? Nothing? No. Okay. Neil? So... Uh, Andy Dufresne and his cell has several different uh, posters throughout, the, you know, to show his progression as he's, you know, uh, chiseling out of jail. Yeah. Um, so it's not Raquel Welch, who is the one, uh, uh, Attack of the Fifth Woman, I believe, uh, that uh, the warden rips off. It's not Marilyn Monroe, but it's Rita Hayworth, who, if you remember in the, the scene when they're watching the movie, him and Red are watching and she does the famous sort of hair flip from Gilda. Yeah. And that's what they're watching. Yeah. Yes. Rita Hayworth. And uh, thank you, uh, Peter, for that question. And thank you all for the questions. I'm sorry I couldn't get to all of them, but um, I tried to be as uh, fair as I could with uh, selecting these questions. No, yeah, thank you, Ken. And thank you for everyone who wrote Ken some questions. Um, I can go next. I have some. But before we do that, uh, just wanted to let everyone know how excited we are that our store is open. Uh, we're over at Tee Public. Uh, they're hosting all of our merchandise uh, what's really nice about Tee Public is we can continually add some uh, some new merchandise, whether it's T-shirts or mugs or notebooks, pillows, masks, all that good stuff. And we can keep adding new designs, but we have, uh, I think, maybe 13, 14 different designs there. Um, and uh, they're just some real fun fun items that you can buy. And uh, Matt, actually, we've we've sold a lot of them. And I know you're a little cross about uh, some of the things that have been then sold. No, it's just, you know, it's just a little upsetting. I uh, still haven't sold very many Matt items. Uh, Ken's in the same boat, it seems like. Uh, Jeff, Jeff's a popular guy. I choose, on, to believe, I choose to believe that the design is better on the Jeff shirt. I choose so to I believe. So like, I like all the designs, I but choose I choose to believe, believe that that's the cause. No, I choose to believe that um, people are doing it um, to, to lovingly poke fun at me and i'm all for that well that's obvious yeah. <laughs> i took a little and maybe not lovingly but you know what a sales, a sales matt matt came up with a great idea that i i uh did a design for which is taken a little bit from jeff's book uh and i i did the never-ending neil story which uh obviously is referencing the never-ending story but i took a, a note from jeff's book which is a little bit of a downer and I put uh, Artax the horse uh, drowning in the mud on that. Wah, wah. Yeah. Well, he comes back at the end. Yeah, he does. That's true. Everybody always talks about the horse dying in a never-ending story. He's only dead for like eight seconds. Like eight seconds. Yeah. You know what's funny? They had like, this is Artax the horse, and then he's gone. I love he's only in it for like eight seconds, like you said, but they had to train him for months and months just to be okay with getting submerged in mud. Well, he did not look okay. He did not. I'm sure that horse was traumatized. <laughs> if you ever want to find something really interesting about filmmaking, look uh, look and research about how they train horses, because like a movie like Last Samurai that had hundreds of horses, each horse was trained for months to do one thing, whether it was fall down, pretend to die, flip, and that's all they do. What about accidentally kick a man in the crotch? Oh, that yeah, can be that happens too. That can be done easily because that that happened on accident, and that was from a cutscene. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of T Public, uh, feel free to go to trivialitypodcast.com, click on merchandise, um, or you can just go to T Public, type in Triviality Podcasts. And if you have any ideas for designs, send them in. Maybe we can make them happen. And if you even want to, you know, give us a design, or or maybe we can have some sort of drive where. Uh, everyone kind of submits a design and we'll pick uh, maybe the audience voted one and we'll put it on a shirt or something. The Dutch boy is great, by the way. Good work on that, Neil. Oh, is it, thank you. Isn't T Public that musician that uses auto-tune a lot? I th I think so, but I think I think his grittier stuff is after he got hit in the head a bunch of times because he was a little in pain. So. Okay. Yeah. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. 
We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Who's next? All right, I'll go next. Thank you, everyone, for sending in your questions. Uh, I also had a good amount, too, so I try to pull the ones that I haven't used on a game before, um, and we'll see what happens here. So uh, the first one is coming to us from Tim Gomez. Thank you, Tim. Found in the title of the official song of the U.S. Navy, what nautical term is defined as raised just clear of the bottom used of an anchor? So what nautical term is defined as raised just clear of the bottom used of an anchor? Okay, I think I know the title of the song. So the only other word in the title of the song besides anchor is away. And that makes sense. I buy that. Jeff agrees. Uh, Matt, you agree? Uh, yes, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I Matt know. disagrees. He disagrees, but it doesn't matter because away is correct. Tim tells mm -hmm. us uh, both a Navy lieutenant and a bandmaster at the time, Charles A. Zimmerman, composed Anchors Away in 1906. Okay. So I, I, I added the ought because I think it sounds cooler when you say old it, dates it like does. that. It does. It does sound cool. Mm -hmm. uh, so the next name, uh, speaking of uh, ought six, this name sounds great. If I wrote a movie character, this would be a great like 1900s movie character name. Uh, this is from Thomas Tolliver. What a great, if you own some sort of shop in the 1900s, your family did, please let me know because I think it's amazing. I'm down to Tolliver's haberdashery. Yeah, yeah see, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> uh, we got some brand new denim in, everyone, from Mr. Levi. <laughs> <laughs> Sent uh, all the way from the Americas. <laughs> uh, uh, Mr. Tolliver, we, we apologize, but we also appreciate your name. Uh, so the question is, and this is a sports one actually, uh, and so let's see if Matt knows it. If not, we'll see if the other boys do. Who is the last NBA player to win back to back to back or three in a row regular season MVP awards? And I do have a hint, but I, I think the hint will give it away. So who is the last person to win back to back to back regular season MVP awards? I'm out. All right. Ken is out. Uh, Matt, why don't you talk this one out a little? Do you have any, uh, any ideas? I mean, I don't, I think it was, I don't think it was Shaq. I feel like it should have been Shaq, but if I, if, I don't know if he won 99, 2000 and 2001, well, but that would be my, he was kind of phoning it in cause he was doing genie movies, right? Yeah. That was before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus, his, plus his career after that was a little icy and a little hot, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Sadly, I always know what you mean. <laughs> Yeah, is it is it Shaq or no? It is not Shaq. Uh, I will give you a hint, Matt, and let's see if you can figure it out. Let's see. How about... Uh, actually, I'll go with Mr. Tolliver's uh, his clue here. He did this whole uh, MVP season reassuring people that white men can't jump. And he had a great mustache. Wade Boggs. <laughs> oh, was it Larry Bird? It was no, Lawrence right? Bird. Larry Legend? Larry Bird. Yep, yep. Larry Bird. Um, if you ever get a chance, look up some of his uh, trash talking. I, I had no idea how big of a trash talker he was. 
Um, but uh, as as Bill Murray says in Space Jam, Matt's favorite movie, mm-hmm. Larry Bird isn't white. Larry's clear. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Matt hates the Space Jam stuff, but we're just going to keep mentioning it now until the LeBron James one Thank is you. released. Uh, we're going to go from Larry Clear to Crystal Clear because the next question comes to us from Crystal Throckmorton. Uh, all right. The title of this question is Gather Around, Let's Play. I do want to preface uh, that Crystal uh, gave us uh, some extra information in the email, which was really great. Um, and uh, we don't have a lot of questions about Oklahoma. So I'm just going to preface this by saying that the answer has the to musical? do with... Uh, no, just the state, okay. Oklahoma. Um, and here's the question. In September 2018, phase one of the largest privately funded public park opened along the banks of the Arkansas River. Philanthropist George Kaiser spearheaded this $465 million project. Not only did he primarily fund the park, he has set aside resources to upkeep the park for 99 years, which is pretty crazy. Of the numerous awards received, this beautiful place on Riverside Drive recently received an international award from the Urban Landscape Institute's Global Award of Excellence. Can you name this park? No. (laughs) What do I know about Riverside Drive? Doc Brown lived on Riverside Drive um, in Mm -hmm. Back to the Future. Yeah, I I have no idea. I'm sorry. But I do know that Mr. Kaiser uh, funded the entire park with Kaiser Rolls. He had one one Kaiser Roll stand for five dollars a piece, and he fundraised four hundred sixty five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and then, as soon as everyone figured out his name, he was gone. <laughs> yeah, he, he was a, he was a saint, uh, like Saint Nick. Uh, so the answer is Gathering Place, or also known as the Gathering Place. Kaiser's Gathering Place. Yeah, it should be Kaiser's <laughs> Gathering Place. You're right. Throw the name on there. Sorry, nobody caught your Kaiser. So say that's fine. <laughs> Well, it, it was so smooth that, uh, you know, we didn't notice what he did because he was under the radar. Yeah. All right. Jeff's going to fix his limp on the way out of the door today. <laughs> Just don't break any coffee mugs on the, on the floor here in the studio. Uh, all right. The next question is coming to us from Stephen Gilman. Thank you very much for the question. This one is a little bit more fun, a little more movie related. I think you guys will be able to get this. The Will Ferrell movie, Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby opens with a title card that misattributes the following quote to what historical person? And the quote is, America is all about speed. Hot, nasty, badass speed. So, I'm going to say Abraham Lincoln. Okay. This is a guess. I, that was going to be my guess, too. <laughs> That's really funny. I like it. I don't know if it's right. I've never seen the movie, sadly. but Or you know what? It would be a good FDR one. <laughs> yeah, you're right, because of the wheelchair. Yeah, he souped it up. Um, Thank you for explaining that. So, so, what, but Ken is what Ken is saying though is of the 272 words that the Gettysburg Address contained and changed the course of American history, some of them were hot, nasty, badass speed. I think so. Okay, I it's, think it's, that's he that's said what we was were, going on four score and seven years ago. I think Abe Lincoln said uh, we're going to defeat the Confederacy with hot, nasty speed. That is very presidential. Uh, it is not Abraham Lincoln. Um, I will say though, it was someone. Uh, involved in the White House in some capacity. <laughs> that narrows it down. Yes. Eleanor Roosevelt. It is Eleanor Roosevelt. Is it? It is. Nice. Yep. Uh. Uh, the next question uh, comes to us from Kaplan Adcox. So thank you, Kaplan. Another great name. All these names are great uh, for these question fives. Thank you, everyone. Um, all right. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for your great names. <laughs> thank you for having names that are great. I mean, I we already said we love Thomas Tolliver. Tolliver's haberdashery, and in walks Kaplan Adcox, really wanting that denim. Let's not forget Crystal Throckmorton. <laughs> Crystal Throckmorton's a great name as well. That'd be All a great. All these names are great. Crystal, you're you right. Should, you're you, right. Aren't they? I, I, I'm sorry for uh, criticizing you for calling out the great names because they're all great. I love them. Yeah. I mean, Crystal. That's a, that'd be a great name for office. Crystal Throckmorton for Senate or something. Um, okay. So Kaplan Adcox. Sure, they collaborated with Elton John in Save Rock and Roll. But what band performed a cover of Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting for the deluxe edition of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? No, I have no idea, actually. You have no idea. What was the first part of the question? I missed it. Uh, It was, sure, they collaborated with Elton John in Save Rock and Roll. Mm. Was it Fall Out Boy? It is uh, one of our favorites. It is Fall Out Boy. No way. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Save Rock and Roll is a good album. Is Is that a Fall Out Boy album? Yeah, it has uh, the Phoenix on it. 
Oh yes, okay. I you know what? I feel bad. I love Fall Out Boy, um, but I I kind of stopped listening to all the albums after um, Fully Ado. So mm. um, we're missing out after they started to suck worse. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I was telling Colleen the other day, Maroon Five was on, and I used to listen to um, Maroon Five in college quite a bit, like their first album. But after they were, um, I forget the name of the band with the flowers, but um, Casey's Flowers or something. Uh, so I used to listen to that uh, that album all the time. And then their drummer, I think, had some sort of condition. He couldn't drum anymore. They did their next album that was a little bit more pop. And then right after that, it was just all top 100 Billboard mm. pop music. Yeah. Um, all right. So we got three more questions here. Uh, first of the last three from Michael Newman. The ridges of a chef's hat or toque represent what? I know this one. Go for it, Jeff. Uh, I believe there is a hundred of them for the hundred different ways to prepare an egg. That is correct. Number of the ways to cook an egg. Uh, and what was the thing from... Uh, and Ren I know and, two of them. Ren and Stimpy, wasn't it? I used to say that when I was in grammar school and people, I got in trouble. It was I like could a, teach your grandma to suck eggs. That's it, right. Yeah. I, I'd be like, yeah, go tell your <laughs> grandma teach to... teach you to be happy. <laughs> happy, happy, joy, joy. Yeah, classic. Um, another one here from Michael Newman, actually, since Jeff got that so quickly. Which U.S. state is geographically closest to Africa? I can lock that in, too. Oh. All right. What, what is it, Jeff? Maine. It is Maine. Yeah. Weirdly. You would think it's Florida, but uh, it's not. Uh, and it's, I don't know how to describe the it. globe curves. Because of, of round in yes. this. Specifically, <laughs> it is a peninsula called Quaddy Head, and there's a lighthouse. Off the coast of Maine, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Penultimate question here from Jared Seal. What familial-sounding component of many electronics, including computers, is the home of many of its important subsystems? Uh, is that the motherboard? That is the motherboard. Who sings that song? Mother. mother. Yeah, who is that? Danzig. Danzig, okay. Uh, all mother. right. No, I don't think it was about a motherboard, though. It, it wasn't? I don't think so. He wasn't like a computer guy? Um, all right. So the last question, before I say the last question, I do want to mention, we mentioned Will Ferrell earlier. If you guys haven't seen the documentary series, The Movies That Made Us, there's a holiday version of it on Netflix now, and it's uh, all about the making of Elf, which is very fascinating. So if you like the movie Elf, which we do, or at least I do, um, and Colleen does, that uh, it's a good little documentary sponsored by uh, The Movies That Made Us. Last question from- <laughs> Not really. Not really. Uh, last question from Kelly Hines. What is the only animal in the world that produces cube-shaped poop? That would be Jeff. <laughs> That's Jeff. That's no, correct. I, I know this one, actually. <laughs> Ken knows it. It's like uh, the Japanese watermelons. I, I grow it in boxes. So. Ew. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Do you know it? Um, I'm trying to remember. I know I've heard this fact You know before. what, Matt? No, uh, like Jeff, I know I've heard it, but I can't remember. This would be uh, Liverpool Rockers, the Wombats. It is the Wombats, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so thank you, everyone, for your questions on my end. Uh, we appreciate it. Yes, Ken is a real coprophile, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> What is a coprophile? Like someone who likes Frank Capra movies? Someone who likes poop. Oh. Why? I, Why would you say that? Because I know what the word is. That's I it. know one fact about poop. <laughs> Suddenly I'm a sicko. Well, I mean, you can find out a lot of things about poop. Ken, you've been a sicko long before that. That's true. Apparently you find out a lot about yourself if you, you know, dig into your poop, scientifically speaking. <laughs> Why this is we... not what the show's <laughs> about, the you guys. Second or we third need to get away from talking about poop. All right, we don't want to talk about coal in our stockings, uh, so let's throw Remember it to Matt. For two trivia show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for a reason. So what, what's in your uh, your Christmas bag over there, Matt? Oh, I'm next. All right. This is the uh, Earnest Safe Christmas sack. I'm just going to reach into here really quick. Uh, this question is from Jackie Lefebvre. Uh, I apologize for that pronunciation, but will, you have a lot of do you think it's consonants Lafarve? next to consonants. I will give you a 10 for sticking that landing. So, <laughs> All right. So everybody surely remembers the wonderful game Hungry Hungry Hippos. There were four hippopotamuses in the original version of the game, Lizzie, Henry, Homer, and Harry. A later edition of the game replaces the purple hippo, Lizzie, with a pink one named Happy. The objective of the game is for each player to collect as many marbles as possible with their hippo. How many marbles were included in this game? Ooh. Okay. How long do you think a game of Hungry Hungry Hippos lasts? Like 10 seconds. Yeah, 10, 15 seconds. Okay. And how many How many would you end up with? I think it's 40 balls. 
how many hippos are there? Four. 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 So it, you'd have to think it would be at least 10 per hippo. Yeah. So 40. Wouldn't four, you want to make ball. it an uh, odd number so there could be no tie? Okay. Yeah. 45. Yeah, I like 45. Ooh, close, but you're way off. <laughs> it's actually uh, 21. That's it. There are oh. 19 red marbles and two yellow marbles. Oh. I was thinking 45 so would be a pretty gridlocked board. <laughs> As a kid, it felt like there was a million. Yeah. It's sad because I have not played Hungry Hungry Hippos for quite a while, mm-hmm. nor have I played Rock'em Sock'em Robots for quite a while, and that's sad. You know what I haven't played in a long time? Crossfire. Are you talking about uh, the political show? Yes. <laughs> Oh, okay, is that like a board yeah, game? Caught up in them. No, no, Crossfire. It was like you would fire crossfire. steel balls across the thing at each other. I don't think we ever yeah, played the Yeah, it had the, the greatest commercial of all time. It had the two kids <laughs> in like Dante's Inferno like shooting it crossfire. out. Crossfire! Oh. Exactly. Y'all get caught up in the crossfire! Yeah! Yeah. I remember that now, yep. How could you forget it? <laughs> After that performance. That was another game that did not come. It, it came with like 15 marbles, so the game was over after like three seconds. It was not very fun, to be honest. No, we would just shoot it across the table at each other. <laughs> I used to love yeah. Guess Who. I don't know why I just thought of it, but... It was fun. Yeah, I just love the sound it made when, when the game was over and you had to close everyone's flap. Yeah. It was a big year for Guess Who. All the characters made their way to all the baseball stadiums. <laughs> <laughs> a happy ending. Yeah. All right. So this next question is also from Tim Gomez, who gave us lots of gifts this year. So I guess we were good. Um, so the question is, known for an accessory commonly seen sported by actor Samuel L. Jackson, what British-based clothing company got its name from combining parts of three fashion-related words into one? Knitting, Angora, and wool. I know this one for sure. I'm talking about a hat here, right? It is definitely a hat. Yeah. I don't know about this hat. Cool. You don't know? Enlighten me. Uh, let's just say it is not made from the uh, the most popular animal of Australia. We want to quell any rumors. So no, it's no used in the, the new Olympic sport breakdancing. Yeah, believe. exactly. No kangaroos have been harmed in making these hats. Kangle. Kangle. The answer is Kangle. Um, Neil, did you ever own a Kangle hat? I imagine you did. I didn't own a Kangle hat, but I did go to the Thank doctor. For that. I went to the doctor for some abdomen pain. And he prescribed me to do some Kangles. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Neil was going to go the opposite. Strengthening way, like, your pelvic floor. <laughs> Can yeah. anyone really own a Kangle? Like I, you know, I've never actually seen a Kangle in the wild, like in in person. I mean, <laughs> uh, on anyone. I, it's only in movies and TV. Has anyone ever seen someone wear a Kangle? I don't. Not since two thousand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Matt. A uh, Kangle hat. I bought one for an. 80s party once neil i think you were at this party at the one house i rented out in oh i was there i was there in chicago so <laughs> yeah he lied. i dressed up as a break dancer and i was able to find a kangle head at marshall's for five dollars all right i do remember that part yeah, that the mighty have fallen <laughs> we can move on to my next question which is from stephen gilman who's also provided a lot of questions for this yes so his question is what 2001 film has cameo appearances by lenny kravitz Natalie Portman, Donald Trump, and David Bowie, as well as James Marsden appearing for literally three seconds as John Wilkes Booth. Man, this sounds really familiar. I can't place it, though. Well, if it has that many people, it's got to be... It's like a bonkers comedy. Yeah, it's got to be like an Austin Powers type movie with a lot of cameos, right? John Wilkes Booth. It also has breakdancing, much like the last question. Oh, um, Zoolander has a lot of cameos, doesn't it? Ooh, it does. That, that was it. that's about the right year. Don't they have a breakdance fight? Natalie Portman. <laughs> they have a freak gasoline fight incident. Yeah, is, let's say Zoolander. Yeah, I like that. Yep, the answer is Zoolander. How, how does John Wilkes Booth uh, come into it? Do you know? Uh, I believe it had something where he was a model who was trained to kill Abraham Lincoln would be my guess. I don't remember oh. exactly. They're talking, that's with uh, not Mustafa. What's uh, That's... Will Ferrell's character in Austin Powers. Um, oh, yeah. It's very painful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't remember uh, his villain name in that. Do you? I, I, can't either. I can't either. I know Derelict, like you said. but Or uh, Blue Steel. Yeah. Uh, this question comes from Patrick McGee. Thank you, Patrick. This is a sports question. Uh, tied at five losses each, what two NFL teams have lost the most Super Bowl games? I think I definitely know one. 
I always feel like I want to pick on the Bills. I was just going to say, well, yes. they had four losses in a row, right? Yeah. Sorry. So if they lost one other time, that would be five. It'd have to be the Bills because, yeah, like, I mean, yeah, it would have to be the Bills. There's one. Um, name two of them. Lost five times. Oh, they, Patriots. I know they lost against the Bears. Yep, they lost against the Giants twice. They lost against the Eagles four. Yeah, it's definitely the Patriots then too. Sports. So the Patriots are correct, but it's not the Bills. The Bills just have those four. The other one is actually the Broncos. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Elway took them a, a ton of times. The Denver Broncos. That's right. And then Manning <laughs> lost uh, the one year, too. Okay. All right. And this final question comes from Tamara O'Brien, who's always giving us a ton of questions in the crop. Uh, so we always appreciate that. And if you guys are listening and aren't part of the crop, we suggest you come on down to Facebook and join up. Uh, so this question is, according to U.S. birth records from 1994 to 2014, which month has the highest overall average births? I think it's my birth month of December. It seems like everybody's born in December. What would be the conception uh, date there? Valentine's, maybe. No, that would be March. March? Well, spring fever, possibly. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I would say, so what would, what would be the birth of Valentine's Day? It would be November? Yes. Okay. I always thought the summer had the most births, but I don't know why. That's Christmas Because people are inside and there's nothing much to do. And We know all, how babies are made, okay? Yeah, we've all had a little eggnog here. It's the holidays. I mean, things happen. So what, what would the birth month be if, if it was tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it, it would be what September. What if babies were being made during this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it would be September. So Ken says November. Jeff is thinking. Oh, I say December. Oh, you say December. So Jeff's thinking November. Due to my own bias. No, I was thinking it was like June or July, but that might also be my own bias. I'll, I'll go with Ken. I'll say November as well. I say December. Or December. Sorry. <laughs> it's all the eggnog. Well, that's okay. You're both wrong. And the answer is September. Oh, so, so it is it's, Christmas. It's, it's those holiday babies. Yeah. All right. I think it's I think it's all those guys that went to Jared would be my assumption. Well, that is all the questions that I have. So I'm going to pass the Christmas baton over to Jeff. Jeff's, uh, he's pulling up his questions now, but Matt, I know you sent us an excited text uh, the other day um, about just how wonderful everyone has been with the show as far as listening is concerned, sharing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this year, our downloads are up 25% over last year. So that's an entire Triviality member more uh, if you do it. I think that's how the math checks out. Um, but definitely, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys telling your friends and however you found the show. Uh, feel free to comment on how you guys came across the show because we definitely have a lot more listeners than we did last year. So thanks, everybody. Yeah, and we've weathered the uh, pandemic quite nicely, uh, and we're surprised and delighted. Yeah, we've won yeah we saw it. We saw an initial an initial drop when the pandemic happened because we know a lot of people don't have commutes, but either you're finding other ways to make some time for us, or you're back to work like some of us in triviality. <laughs> Well, Not yeah, and we've been receiving a lot of great emails about, you know, I found the show this way, I just started listening, or I've I'm, I'm started uh, at the beginning of the catalog, which is great. And uh, another thing, speaking of our uh, amazing patrons on Patreon, uh, we actually passed 350 Patreon members, so uh, pretty nuts uh, that we've gotten uh, past that point. And if you'd like to join them, you can go to patreon.com slash Triviality Podcast uh, to support the show if you'd like um, for some extra audio content and some other great perks. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping family road trip trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. All right. So my first question comes courtesy of Tim Gomez. Thanks, Tim. According to the 1988 earworm, personal favorite of mine, What I Am, Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians claim that what discipline is the talk on the cereal box? It's a walk on the slippery rocks. I don't know this at all. <laughs> yeah. Tim also <laughs> kindly provides me with a correction that I should have made earlier on the show in which I falsely claim that Edie Brickell is married to someone who's not Paul Simon. She's been married to Paul Simon since 1992. So thanks, Tim. Okay. I have no idea. Um, I don't know that song. I don't either. So what's the actual question? Um, what's What rocks your socks on the cereal box? So they say that this discipline is the talk on the cereal box. And I can tell you that I paid, a lot, of, I did a, I paid a lot of money for it, if that helps you. Crossword? No. Karate. Oh. What discipline did Jeff pay a lot Magic of money for? Magic the Gathering. That's not bad, except this came out in 1988, which would be before a Magic the discipline. Gathering. Discipline. This discipline's very old, ah, thousands of years. Education. More specifically, my education? Philosophy. philosophy. Philosophy is the talk on a cereal box. Oh. It's a very weird song that stuck with me for some reason as a kid. It's just one of those okay. weird one-hit wonders. But hmm. now she's making... Tim Gomez liked it. I know. Thanks, Tim. That was a very Jeff question, so... All right. Uh, next question, courtesy of Anne Gehring. Thanks again, Anne. Incorrectly called by his Roman name, Hercules... In a Disney film, what was the Greek name for the child of Zeus and Alcimene, who strangled snakes as a baby, completed 12 labors, and married Megara? Well, I know Jeff also strangled snakes as a baby, but that's a separate story. I don't know what that's about, but uh, I know this one. Oh, you do? Uh, Matt, do you know this one? Um, I don't think so. Is it? I know he's got, Zeus has got kids. Was was Cronus one of them? So we're just it? looking for, so... Hercules is the Roman name, so what's Hercules's mm-hmm. Greek name? I thought Hercules mm. is often uh, confused with Heracles, and I don't know if Heracles would be the Greek version of Hercules, but maybe I'm thinking of two different people. I think you're thinking of one person. That is right? Okay. No, I think you're thinking the correct answer, because it is Heracles. Okay. So Zeus, mm. Zeus's wife Hera was upset at her husband's infidelity, so his Greek name Heracles literally means glory of Hera. So I have a very so important... he named his cheat baby after his wife. <laughs> oh, it's not a classy move. It's a bold move, though. That's it's a Zeus move. <laughs> it's very, very bold. Uh, very important question here, though. Uh, in the Greek translation of the Nutty Professor, does Eddie Murphy scream Heracles, Heracles, Heracles? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's all Greek to me. <laughs> all right. My next question is courtesy of Andrew Hansen. Thanks, Andrew. According to the book, The Two Towers by J.R.R. Tolkien, how many elves were at Helm's Deep? Neil. And this is a Neil question if I've ever heard it. Um, all right. So I, I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but as a, a trivia-tician, uh, my logic would lead me towards the answer of, since it is the holidays, all of the elves are, are helping make the presents. So I would think it would be zero. Maybe it's a trick question. Well, Legolas is definitely there. He's an elf. So that's he one. is an elf. Um, he, he is an elf. Is he still married to Katy Perry? Were uh, they married? I don't think so. Oh. Were they married? I don't know. I heard they, they got elf, elvish in the back of a West Hollywood club. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty man. I was there. Yeah, Yeah, Matt was there. Um, I, I have no Can't idea. What, yeah, what, I, don't, I don't know. So, um, What is Helm's Deep? Helm's Deep is a fortress and in the, the kingdom of, of Rohan. Is it like the How wall or something? It? or? It's fairly deep. 
fairly deep. So okay. you think you could fit a lot of elves in there? They could cram a bunch of elves. I so, would say so several furloughs worth. Basically, a battalion of elves shows up at the last minute to save everybody's ass as usual. And now, they're usually it's the eagles, two elves but this time per it's one the regular person. So, so, <laughs> so there are the reinforcements. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't mean, remember I, there being a lot of them. Let's say 200. I, I don't know. That sounds like a lot of elves, but I'll believe it. It's a war scene, Peter Jackson. I'll go 200, sure. Uh, the 201. 500. 500. That without going over. Got yes. it. So Matt was closest without going over, so he wins today's <laughs> prices triviality. Uh, I will he say... He wins the skull of an elf. I get to play Plinko now. <laughs> Lord of the Rings... Uh, wow, mountain climber. They just released a 4K version that... Uh, people are going nuts for i belong to a facebook group that my friend added me without me knowing uh, of 4k enthusiasts neil i think it's time well no that's the thing i was going to say is everyone is saying how unbelievable the 4k discs for uh, lord of the rings look so i think it might it might be the perfect time after the new year to finally watch them but let's, in 4k let's do a movie exchange neil you can show me something and i'll 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 show you mine have you ever heard of <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard of the movie called because that's that's coming that's coming in 4K as no, well. No, nobody needs to see oh, that no, in 4K. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll do a I'll do a uh, a share and watch with you. Then we'll 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 swap. Okay. All right. Next question. Uh, Stephen Gilman provided me a few. Um, so thank you, Stephen. Um, there is an obligatory Neil Spiel Neil Spielberg question in here. Nielsberg. The old Nielsberg. I'm I'm like the iceberg of the Titanic. I just give you enough, but then once you get near me, it's just a lot more than you bargained for. So it's um, just the tip of the Nielsberg. Pretty uh <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm looking for two movies. The first is where Sam Neill's character's dying words are I would have liked to have seen Montana. And the second is where the character first appears in Montana. Okay. All right. So first appearing in Montana is when he tries to uh pretend slice a kid's uh, stomach with a raptor claw mm. which would be Jurassic Park I would think okay I would have liked to see Montana sounds really really familiar to me I think it's a movie I just watched like maybe a month or two ago I hope so I might be confusing it with Peaky Blinders because I've been watching that too so uh, I can't I can't pull it what is it uh, I would have liked to see Montana if you say it with a Russian accent mm. what is it I'm still lost. Well, I'm, I know you haven't seen it recently. Because no, I of have. Hatred for boat movies. It's The Hunt for Red October. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. It's Captain Vasily Borod. I did watch that this year. Did you really? Yeah, <laughs> with the with the boys. Oh, I forgot he was in before, that before before pandemic. That's a young Sam. pandemic. That's a young Sam Neill in there. All right. Uh, second question from Stephen uh, is a video game question. One of our favorites. Okay. The Mario Universe character Waluigi. I was waiting for Tim wow. to go, wop, that. Wow. I knew someone would. Thank you, Matt. Uh, has what capital Greek letter on his hat? Heracles. I believe that is an L upside down, so it's a lambda? No. You're right. It is a. It is an L upside down. Lambda is the, the half-life symbol. That is also correct. Oh. What's the L upside down? The L upside down you're is... You're into Greek life. Yeah, I was for a little bit. Um, Figured you guys could work together on this. Uh, let me think. So across the street from me was uh, Gamma Phi Beta sorority from my dorm. And I think it might be... Let me think. Gamma Phi... Phi is no. Beta. It's not Gamma, you said, right? It might be Gamma. Yeah. All right. We'll say Gamma. And the correct answer is Gamma. All right. Well done, Neil. I'm just glad that it was right outside my window for the years I was at that dorm because it actually helped for a question in the future. I've got uh, two more questions that we'll do. Uh, first one is from Keandre Burrell, so thank you. Uh, the question here is, B. Arthur, before starring in the hit Golden Girls, also starred in her own TV show, Maud. That show was a spinoff of what family show whose song is sampled on a famous cartoon? All in the family? Oh, I guess. Yeah, because that's uh, Family Guy's the spoof of that. I was going to say, because I think that might be one of the shows that has the most spinoffs because it was all in the family. And then you had the Jeffersons. Mm -hmm. And then uh, from the Jeffersons, you had a, a bunch of other shows as well. So, yeah, that makes sense. All in the family. That's our guess. And uh, you guys are correct. It is all in the family. Nice. Norman Lear, I think, was a producer or something on that. I think so. And I know uh, he was involved in that. Yeah, and I think Good Times is one of those shows as well. Uh, it's a, a spinoff factory. Yes, for sure. And uh, Jeffersons, right? The Jeffersons, yeah. yeah. 
All right. And the last question is from Tristan Billings. Thank you, Tristan. Um, I thought we'd bring it home with a very, you know, happy holiday question. Um, it's about the Godfather. Really, Jeff? You? It's about the Godfather. Um, a movie I still haven't seen. <laughs> you, come to me, you come to me on the day of the holiday podcast trying to ask a question about the Godfather. <laughs> um, yes, I, I am going to ask a Godfather question. So during the famous baptism by fire scene in The Godfather, Michael Corleone arranges that the four other heads of the major crime families be killed. Can you give me the name of one of the crime bosses killed first and last and the assassin that killed them? So I'm looking for any one of the four pairings. Okay. I'm putting, I'm putting my fingers together in the Italian way to try to get some energy going. I'm trying to do my old Al Pacino, but it's not going to help the young Michael Corleone. Uh, how about Sonny? Before he lost his GD mind. <laughs> um, I think one of them might be Luca Brazzi because he sleeps with the fishes. Okay. Uh, so Luca Brazzi... Um, wouldn't you consider? Oh, wait, maybe Michael. Michael shoots someone in the head. Is that one of the killing, technically, or is, was that a cop that he shot? No, that's not from the. That's not from the scene, though. No, it's not the scene. The what he's talking about is the montage. Let's go with Luca Brazzi. Luca we Brazzi? only need one. Okay, Luca Brazzi. All right, your correct answers are Victor Stracci. Okay. Uh, who was done in by Peter Clemenza? Okay. Mm -hmm. You have Carmine. Could you please put your fingers together? Like, of course. Read these. Of course I will. There we go. I, th I know this really adds to the, the gusto. So uh, we have a uh, Carmine Cuneo, killed by Willie uh, Cici. That sounds right. Cici. Mm -hmm. uh, Philip Tataglia, killed by Rocco Lamponi. Oh, great name. And Emilio Barzini, killed by Al Neri. Okay. Mm. So we... So we, we didn't get Luca we Brazzi. We botched it. Yeah. We got you know, whiffed. I, maybe Luca Brazzi was one of his guys that got killed. That's possible. I can't remember. It's a great movie. I just, Who's I Abe Vigoda? Uh, he's, every, he's in everything. I don't know. Uh, he's an uncle, probably. He's always an uncle. Okay. <laughs> well, that'll conclude the uh, the game for today. I guess it was a game, right? Yeah, it was more informal. It's sort of like a white elephant. Yeah. Yeah. Who won? Uh, everybody did. Hopefully the listener. our listeners. Yeah. Not the listeners. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, Matt, uh, I guess, you know, it is the end of the year. It's almost the new year, um, you know, going into 2021, um, and, uh, old Lang Syne and all that, et cetera. Any, uh, words for the, the end of the year for the listeners? No, just, you know, anxiously waiting this vaccine and hopefully getting back to living life at some point. Yeah. Sounds good. And, uh, for the end of the year, I just really quick, I want to do some superlatives for you guys, like a yearbook. Oh, it sounds want. good. Yeah. All right. So for, uh, Neil, I want to be uh most likely to succeed oh thank you this I... was a hard year for everybody yeah you uh powered through you're still powering through you're working hard trying you got a lot of juggling a lot of balls right now i am you, you're, you're <laughs> gonna keep pushing until you make it yeah that's that's the goal thank you yeah i'm gonna try uh i have some cool things to announce coming up pretty soon uh which i'll announce on the show at some point that i think uh it's... that was like really nice and serious thank so. you uh I Jeff, also would Jeff? like to throw in best dressed for Neil. All right, but... best dressed too. Yeah, I mean, come on. Oh, Jeff, thank you. This sounds bad, but uh, most improved. <laughs> I'll take it. It's not that you, you you started at a low point, but this year you got new job promotion. That's right. You're in a great relationship. Yep. Good job, Jeff. My life has gotten decent. You're doing it. And, and Matt, of course, has yep. best hair. Oh, because yeah. he's oh. grown his hair Matthew. back. <laughs> Most improved hair. <laughs> I would like to throw this out there real quick, but like no matter what hairstyle you're rocking, Ken, bald is beautiful. Just want to say. I like my bald hair. Um, but if you're a man who wants his hair, Matthew is the inspiration story of 2020 because <laughs> he is the comeback kid of hair growth right now, and uh, I'm loving it. So keep keep for those Instagram posts up because I'm very, very happy to see uh, your your new style. Uh, Matt, that was a little less serious, but seriously, great job uh, starting your new life in L.A. and uh, working hard every day. Yeah, I got a bedroom this year. Really exciting stuff. All right, that'll do it for the show. I no, no, think... whoa, 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 whoa. We don't have any superlatives for Ken. What is this, guys? All right, that'll do it for the show. I want to thank everybody for listening. And, uh, you know, thanks a lot for your support over this year. It's meant a lot. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep at it as long as we can. And, uh We'll, we'll all weather this uh, tough year together. So thank you all for listening. For Neil, Jeff, Matt, and myself, that was Triviality.
We and then you were like this love is in one of the four songs we could play in our cover band. Yeah, Vinny Barbarino Barbarino's Dream Machine. Dream Machine, yeah. It was it was uh, uh I Am My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. Um it was uh, Buddy Holly, uh, um This Love. And uh didn't we do um Foxy Lady by Yes, Foxy yeah. Lady. And Jerry yeah, was a race one. car driver by Primus. By Primus. <laughs> That's all I think of when I hear Primus, just you the know, bass. It's, it's really funny about that is uh, I think this joke has more of an audience than your band ever did. <laughs> yes. You know what's funny uh, is, yeah, it does have more. And I bet if we even tried to do a show now, even with this audience that we have now, which is wonderful, no one would come. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely. I would come. definitely show up. Oh, yeah.